yes, you you children might enjoy your la croix, but the the adults in the house drink polar seltzer. Hi, and welcome to episode 69A of the Erasable Podcast. After some technical difficulties with Mixler and our Skype call last time, which resulted in unusable audio, we're switching tracks, so to speak. No fanfare, no live streaming, no live chat, no nothing. Just conversation. And there's no one we'd want to be having a plain old conversation with than our friend, a return guest to the show, and the host of Covered, a podcast about writers and their books, Mr. Harry C. Marks. Hi, Harry. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Yay. And hello, of course, to my fellow co-hosts, Johnny and Tim. Hey, guys. Hey. Guten Abend. So, uh, Harry, you're probably wondering why you're here. (laughs) (laughs) Just, like, called him randomly one night, like, hey, hey, Harry. Yeah. Get on Skype. Hurry. (laughs) He's getting called to the principal's office. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta tell you something, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Calling you up the ranks. No, um, after we are... um, Done with our fresh points and everything. We're gonna we're gonna get into some conversation. Um, Harry sparked a um, a really active conversation the other day in our Facebook group, and we just wanted to just dive into that a little bit more. So uh, once we get to the main topic, we'll we'll talk about that. So let's uh, let's dive into our tools of the trade at the moment. Um, Harry, would you like to go over what you are consuming, either media and or um, booze, and then what you're writing with? Uh, no booze, although I did have two cans of polar seltzer. Uh, Ooh. And well, yes, you you children might enjoy your la croix, but <laughs> I, the the adults in the house, drink polar seltzer. Uh, and uh, <laughs> hey, man, nothing but Lacroix over here. Lacroix. I bet you. I bet you call it a foyer too. A foyer. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) all right enough of that uh i'm currently reading the book swimming lessons by claire fuller i'm actually in preparation for an interview i'm doing with her this weekend for my show um and it's about Mm. a man who sees who thinks he sees his dead wife across the street from his bookstore and so half every other chapter is an epistolary novel and the letters are written from the perspective of the um the deceased mother when she's a young woman um around the time she meets the her husband and then the other half of the novel is the aftermath of what happens when he runs after his wife after not seeing her for many many years so it it bounces back and forth between letters and then present day prose um and then i just finished the movie genius which was on hbo and it tells the story of Max Perkins, the editor who, for lack of a better word, discovered Hemingway, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and um, it centers around his relationship with Thomas Wolfe, who wrote um, uh, Homeward, what is it, Look Homeward, Angel, something like that. Hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so this guy, Max Perkins, there was a, a biography written about him, and, and he was the one who edited um, A Farewell to Arms, The Great Gatsby, um um, what is it? Uh, Look Homeward Angel, and then uh, his relationship with with Thomas Wolfe, which was it was weird. It, it began in a professional manner and just went off into. He basically treated him, Perkins treated uh, Wolfe like the son he never had, and, and it was this really l- weird, tenuous relationship between them because um, Wolfe was battling demons of his own. I really enjoyed Wasn't the movie. He connected to Sherwood Anderson too. I'm not sure. Um, the 
I don't think they get into that in the book uh, in the movie. Um, but really, really great cast. Jude Law plays Wolf. Um, Colin Firth plays Perkins. Um, who Guy Pierce plays F. Scott Fitzgerald. Um, I can't. Dominic Monaghan what? plays. Yeah, Dominic Monaghan plays Hemingway in a brief uh, role. Um, really, really good. I loved it. It got sort of critically panned. A lot of people thought, especially in the UK, they thought it was very hammy and and not well acted and a little over the top. But I I enjoyed the hell out of it. So I highly recommend it. That sounds good. Did you? Where did you say you watched it? Um, I it was on HBO, so I watched it on demand. Oh, okay. Um, oh, and then tools of the trade. I am currently using. So I'm sort of barren figged out here. Um, uh, Joey was kind enough Fig to head. provide me with a couple of notebooks, and I've been using. I've been working on a short story in one of their really large, the XL Vanguards, because um, I I had mentioned that I uh, had used a, one of those really large Moleskine notebooks for um, my second novel, and he's like, "Well, try this," and I was like, "All right, cool." And then I picked up a Squire pen, which has been fantastic. Sorry, no pencils so this week. Um, yeah, the, I love that pen. It is so well balanced. Are you using it with the uh, original uh, ink, or are you using something else? No, I'm using the the original black refill that they, yeah. they use. I got the charcoal color. Um, yeah, me too. And it's it's so pretty. It's so good. Um, I I want the alphabet, and I have no need for the alphabet, but I just want it. Yeah. Um, and then I'm using I use a Workplay two as my daily bullet journal hmm. list thing and then um i use a confidant as a reading journal slash podcast prep notebook and then on the other side of the spectrum i take general notes in a field notes byline so when you use the workplay too do you um like use the dot grid side for something and the blank side for something else yeah i, I i'll send a picture because i um i on the dot grid side at the top i section it off into three Three sections for <laughs> um, so the left side is the date the in the center is the um, the weather and then on the right side I list out pages read and if I'm working on a, a book or something it's um, words written and so that'll that'll be my daily word count log and then on the left side of the page along the the edge of it I, I'm using I think it was Mike Rohde had had put up a post about the um, the planner bar he uses so he, mm-hmm. he he sections it off it's like every five dots is an hour and then I schedule in my meetings and what I'm working on um, in that planner bar and I shade it in different shady ways so like <laughs> either all blacked out or checkerboarded or whatever um, and then on the right side of that page, I use a bu- standard bullet journal for my to-do list. And then on the, the blank side, a lot of the pages I've left blank, I'm tempted to just leave it blank and go back again. Mm. So use it as two separate notebooks almost. That's cool. Um, yeah. I've used a couple of the pages for note-taking and stuff for like um, my, my TBR pile for my books, um, stuff I want to pick up. But for the most part, I've left those pages blank. I'm, I'm tempted to just use the dot grid side for work. And then when I figure out a use for the right side of the page, the, the notebook, I'll, I'll figure it out. Nice. So. Cool. How about you, Tim? I have been listening to a lot of Ryan Adams lately. Um, any of you fans of Ryan Adams? Not really. Yeah. I can't I, name a single song. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been... He's he's one of those super prolific, you know. Just I mean, he comes out with a couple albums a year, and I've been sort of <clears throat> into him in a mild way for a long time. Uh, Did he write know. the Never Ending Robin Hood song? The what? 
<laughs> that was Brian the, the song, Adams. Um, <laughs> Everything I do, I do it for you. Is that him or is that Brian Adams? That's Brian. That's Brian. I, that's, that's Brian. <laughs> I, I can't remember. Which there's I get the two of them confused. <laughs> look that up online because there's there's a pretty. I mean, there's a kind of a. They have the same birthday, by the way. Brian oh, wow. Adams and Brian Adams. Really? And there's that's a crazy. really famous story of. Um, Ryan Adams getting pissed off at a concert because somebody kept yelling out "Summer is '69." He's like, "Get him the f out of here!" and like, <laughs> like, like walked up to him and ha- apparently like handed him like a forty, like forty bucks. I was like, "This will pay for your cab home. Just leave." Like, just kicked him out. No, Ryan Adams was in Whiskey Town. He is kind of a founding father of the like kind of alt country world with Wilco and things like that. And he's pretty incredible. And I, there's an album of his, Cold Roses, that I love. In high school, I still love today, and I just got a record player, which I was going to talk about. Finally got a, a record player, and that was one of the first records I bought was his Cold Roses album, so I've been listening to a lot of his stuff, and he had a new album that came out like two days ago called Prisoner. So Nice. So that's been pretty amazing and really, uh, really fascinating. I also just watched the movie Whiplash for the first time. Oh, that's um, so good. I don't know how it took me this long to, to watch it, but I was totally blown away by it i mean that was an incredible movie and i decided that as a teacher i want to be a cross between jk simmons's character and robin williams from dead poet society so i got to figure out how to create a hybrid of those two <laughs> <laughs> like two opposite complete opposites but um more smacking less oh captain my captain yeah yeah <laughs> less villainous than than uh jk simmons but just like the the raising the standards that like that whole like idea was kind of nuts where he tells that story about charlie parker like that the only reason Charlie Parker's Charlie Parker is that somebody like flipped out on him and threw a symbol at his head. Like, well, I'm not going to throw a symbol at my kid's head, but I'm going to raise the standards <laughs> a little bit at least. Um, so yeah, so I've been listening to a lot of Ryan Adams and also thanks to whiplash and La La Land, which I also just saw, which was oh, outstanding. Nice. Um, his, uh, it got me to read a book I've, I've had in my, my Kindle forever and I've been meaning to read it. I've, I keep reading like the first 10 pages and coming back to it, but it's called cooking. Hard bop and soul jazz, which my favorite. I'm a, a big jazz fan, and my favorite section of jazz history is hard bop, which is like mid 50s to early 60s. Um, so that's been super fascinating. So I, I highly recommend that book. I won't get into too much. <laughs> I won't get into the weeds on that one as far as details. But but <laughs> it's it for our other it podcast. It splits. Yeah, yeah, right. It splits it up by artist, and it's it's. Uh, you can find if you go on Spotify if you're if you like jazz. You can go on Spotify, and there's a actually a really good hard bop curated playlist on hmm. Spotify, and gives you a really good feel of what what hard bop's all about. Um, so that's that's been good, and yeah, like I said, I've been listening to a lot of vinyl, which has been a lot of fun because I've always, since I was in high school, been the kid who had the i the iPod that held held like eighty thousand songs, and it was filled to the brim. You know, like I always had way more than I needed. And, yeah, and then with Spotify and Amazon Unlimited and all this stuff. Like I just, I find myself just constantly looking for something to listen to, and so I was like, "Screw it, it's time." Like I'm gonna get one. And then I actually <laughs> got one from a my uncle. Uh, he gave me a, an old record player, and then I had some records that I had bought over the year for, years for no reason because I didn't have a record player at the time. I just kind of would find deals on records I liked, and and so I've got that upstairs. And it's nice to go from having unlimited music to having like twenty. 20 albums or whatever i'm sorry tim analog has no place in this podcast <laughs> yeah sorry i'll stop talking <laughs> i'll show myself the door yeah. here's 20 here's 40 bucks <laughs> yeah get out of here, get out of here. <laughs> gtfo 
So, so that's been awesome. And I know it's just like the hipster thing to do or whatever, but like, it's just, it's great. I love it. Uh, and I've been sort of ready for this for about, I've been buying records for like 12 years and I have this collection of like 20 to 30 that I've been building up really for no reason. I don't know why I didn't, I guess I always expected I would get one at some point, but, Mm -hmm. uh, Beatles records and old jazz records and stuff. Um, yeah, but as far as writing with, uh, I'm writing with a 211, Blackwing 211 that I've been carrying around in my pocket for a few days, um, and I'm using a Write Notepads reporter notebook. Nice. Yeah. Such a good notebook. Oh, the best. Johnny, how about you? What are you consuming and writing with? Um, so, do you guys watch The Man in the High Castle on uh, Amazon? Not yet. Definitely. I watched yet. the first episode, and I haven't had a chance to go back, but I did read the, the novel. So... I feel like the first half of the first season just kind of sucked, and I fell asleep a lot. And then it got better, so I'm halfway through season two, which is very, very good. Hmm. So we've been watching that on nights that I don't fall asleep right after dinner. And are you guys <laughs> watching <laughs> Victoria on uh, PBS? Just finished it last night. Awesome. I'm one episode so behind. I'm going to watch it after this. What do, you, do you like this better or The Crown better? Uh, or would you even compare them? I think I like Victoria better, but I think The Crown is better. Hmm. This is turning into a different kind of book. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, I just finished rereading a book called The Thoreau You Don't Know by Robert Sullivan, the gent who wrote that really cool book about rats. So. If- oh, okay. Yeah. I know I know which, who you're talking about. Yeah. He's, he's a really good writer. He wrote a book about rats that was a bestseller. So that's pretty cool. But um, he wrote a book about Thoreau. I don't remember when it came out. Oh eight, oh nine, oh eight, something like that. Um, where he's sort of, you know, tossing out the everybody's misconceptions about Thoreau as like a mean old hermit who just hmm. loved the earth and ever said anything ever about nonviolence, etc. So and he was cool. actually like a really skilled and award-winning flamenco dancer or something. He was John Wick. That is in the appendix. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Has right. been proven yet. Yeah, yeah. That's actually president. If you've read a lot of Thoreau, you might not learn that much because stuff you already know. But it has a really cute cover, so there you go. Hmm. Um, and I am writing with a blue dipped Palomino HB gasp and a field hmm. notes the XOXO twenty sixteen. Those really colorful ones, which are actually really really nice to write in. I'm on my last one, which is the darkest one. I think it was the one in the middle. Yeah, is that the black and white one? Um, it's that black. has a lot of black. It's in it. mostly black with pink and like pink? a little bit of pink yeah. and a lot of orange. And nice. then you know the graph inside is orange. So if you look at them with polarized sunglasses on, it actually like gives you a headache. <laughs> you can break your eyes. I discover after I'm writing for a yeah. while in the sun. I'm like, God, my head hurts. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> How cool. about you, Andy? I am. Uh... Well, as as of late, and as, as I think many of us are, I'm trying to become a more uh, a more educated media consumer because there's a lot of a lot of reasons to be right now, which we won't get into. But um, I've always really had a deep appreciation for and enjoyed listening to on the media the um, the show at NPR. Mm-hmm. They're just really smart, and they cover they do a lot of like meta coverage and cover the media's coverage of things. Um, and I have always kind of like just missed it because it's on the weekends, at least out here on KQED, it's on Saturday afternoons, I think, when I don't usually listen to it. Sunday afternoons? One of those. Um, but I um, 
I was like, oh, well, they have a podcast. So I've been listening to that podcast on my way to work. And it's, yeah, been really good. They usually do a weekly hour-long thing. Uh, and then sometimes they do a little podcast extra, so maybe like 15 minutes. Um, so good. They've been talking about um, leaks from the White House lately and how that happens and, you know, how the media handles it. It's really interesting. Um, if you I, – I listen to it too. And yeah. it's, it's become one of my favorite podcasts to listen to because if you compare it to – even last year, like during the campaign, you can hear the slow descent into madness of Bob Garfield. <laughs> it is amazing. <laughs> he has just lost all, like, he has no Fs to give anymore. Like, he's just done. He's <laughs> yeah. like, Trump is crazy. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. it's hilarious to listen to. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so good. And I've, I like Brooke Gladstone a lot. I think, yeah, both of them are just so good. Um, so I've also been reading um, probably about like 80% of the books that I read are sci-fi and I try not to do like, you know, kind of the sci-fi equivalent of, you know, the detective paperback novels, even though those are perfectly great. Um, so I rely a lot on the, um, monthly sci-fi and fantasy reading list that io9 puts out every month. Um, I have that just set up to like go straight to my, my, um, pocket reader, um, and I just look at all of the sci-fi ones. There's something called The Incrementalists by Stephen Brust and Skylar White. Um, it's really good. It's um, kind of this like reincarnation-y thing. I don't really know yet. I just started it. Um, it's a good like kind of light sci-fi novel to get yourself into if, if that's your thing, if genre fiction is your thing. Um, and then also, I, I don't want to talk too much about it because this isn't that podcast, but I'm a little bit obsessed with The Young Pope. Has anybody here watched The Young Pope? No. I've heard good things. <laughs> it's so weird, guys. Uh, Johnny, I think you would appreciate it. Um, you went to Catholic school. Um, did you? Are you Catholic or in any way connected to Catholics, Harry? Uh, no. Okay. It's, uh, I, I have been in between religions my entire life yeah. and uh, leaning more towards not being near any of them. So. I... I'm definitely a pretty hard-nosed atheist as it is, but I went to school for, I went to school, I went to Catholic school and my parents are Catholic. So I grew up Catholic um, and the young Pope is, what is the young Pope? I just don't even know how to describe it. It it was filmed simultaneously for HBO and for Italian television. And so there's a lot of, um, it has a very like European pacing to it. Hey, I'm a the young pope. <laughs> yeah, and and it's funny because all of the previews and everything made it seem like the entire premise of the show is like, hey, what if there was a pope and he was young? And <laughs> strangely, like it's it's way more deep than that. But like all of the marketing and even the episode descriptions on HBO refers to him as the young pope. <laughs> so you would think- say it's. It's HBO, and it's like, it usually means there's a lot of sex in it, so I'm trying yeah. to figure out how that would fit it's into like, the young pope. It's like that episode of Seinfeld when Newman keeps calling McLean Die Hard. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> go, Die Hard, go! <laughs> it's like, he's the young pope! So it's uh, so I feel like on Twitter everybody just had like a lot of fun with making fun of the young pope. Um, but it's actually really good. He, I don't think it's any spoilers here. He, it's kind of like if... Um, if there was a young American Pope, we would all expect him to be like super progressive or something like that. But this is sort of a get back to the roots of like fire and brimstone Catholicism from the medieval period. Um, so it's kind of like make Catholicism great again, (laughs) even though this was filmed and shot well before like any officials were 
current current White House administration people were in the office. Um, anyhow, if you have access to HBO, go watch The Young Pope. It's really good. And there's only like eight episodes, so it won't take that long. Ten episodes, maybe. Eight? I, I don't remember. And I am writing with a Vierco of uh, 3000, which is a remake from a vintage one, um, which I'll talk about a little bit later, in my Baron Fig Confidant. Okay. Well, well, now that we've spent the whole podcast talking about <laughs> our media that we're consuming, um, let's talk about Fresh Points now. Harry, do you want to start us off? Not really. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I um, guess. So, so what? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to introduce this because my, my fresh. Well, oh, okay, we're not in the, into the main topic. This is different. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been listening to this podcast since it's started, and I have no idea how it's organized. <laughs> Neither do we. Don't worry. It's super complicated. Um, so, so yeah. So my fresh <laughs> points are: I uh, just wrapped up my the first draft of my fifth novel, and I have it out to a couple of beta readers before I start on edits. I'm, I'm trying to take the uh, the Stephen King method and leaving it alone for a while so I can look at it with fresh eyes. Um, the last time I did edit, so my, my process is I finish a book, I if I hand wrote it, it goes into the computer, and then I reprint it out so I can edit it by hand. Or in the case of this one, I typed it out in Scrivener from beginning to end. I printed it out. And so I'm going to go through it with a red pen or pencil. The last time I did this, I did it with a red Mitsubishi, which I wasn't thrilled with because it was, it, it just wore out way too quickly. So I'm seeking recommendations for red pencils um, that have decent point retention that will last me a little while because that thing lasted me maybe 30 pages before I uh, had to junk it. Do you, uh, do you, Johnny or, or Tim, have any suggestions for him? It's not, it's not just red, but that Karen, the Karen Dash blue red, which I got from CW Pencils. Uh, I love that thing. That thing is, uh, that is so nice and it's so smooth and it holds a point decently. I mean, it's still a colored pencil, I think, because it's hard to find one that doesn't, that holds a point that's not super light and scratchy. So, But that's my favorite. But it's, it is blue and red. I actually have to look around to see if they just make a flat-out red pencil. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't need the blue side. What about the Blackwing colored pencil? Is the red one any good? Oh, it'll be way too soft. And you'll have, you'll have to buy the whole set, too. I feel like a lot of the specifically colored pencils would be too soft. I don't know if the red, like, marking pencils have a different formulation than, like, red colored pencils. Do you know? Yeah, they're, they're supposed to be erasable, some of them. Yeah. Um, have you tried the Dixon one, like a super new one? No. So they kind of sucked, but now they're cedar and super nice. You get them at Staples, I think. And like a three oh, or okay. Pack. Yeah, I've been using one of those for a while. They've got pretty good retention, but like you know, they're not that dark, but they also aren't smeary, which is good. Oh, that's good to know. Okay, so I'll take a look at those. Hmm. All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Yeah. Um, that's really all I had. I I, I leave a, I lead a very boring life at the moment. So, <laughs> um, I was supposed to go to Washington D.C. for the AWP conference, um, the Association of Writers and Writing Programs. Um, I was doing a panel on literary podcasting, but we got hit with that snowstorm, so I was oh, yeah. stuck here. Yeah. Um, thanks, global warming. <laughs> so that that fell through the through the uh, whatever. So yeah, it's late. It's late. I'm tired, and I haven't had coffee in three hours, so I'm kind of <laughs> out of it. Um, <laughs> well, I'm so glad you could be here to join us. No. Yeah, 
<laughs> no, you you guys you guys are keeping me awake. So that's good. Thank you. Cool. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, that that was my my big to do, and then I'm working on a new short story, and and I'm handwriting that one in the the Vanguard, like I said. So um, it's nice to get back into to handwriting stuff. It, I missed it because um, I this last book was all done in Scrivener. I didn't do much. I I did one chapter handwritten, and I was like, oh, I can't do this right now. So it was taking too long. So I just went into the computer and did it. So it was, it's nice to get back into writing things. Um, I do I do run into this issue, and I don't know if you guys do, but I have so much stuff. Like I've got, I'm I'm looking right now. I've got like a Lamy Al Star. I've got the Rotring 600. I've got a couple of Pilot Metropolitans, and then I've got a whole bunch of random pencils. And I never know what to use and when to use it. Like. When when do I want to switch off to something? Do, ha, do you guys have any type of like method you use, or, or like I only use certain pencils for certain things and a pen for other things? Gosh, chaos. I <laughs> yeah yeah, and I'm the opposite. I just pick one. Like <laughs> I pretty much uh, on a given day, like I'll just use one thing all day long. Yeah, like I've I've stopped buying things. Like I'm not trying yeah. out every new thing. I, I've pretty much found what I like. Like I really like the Squire pen, so I've been using that almost exclusively but i do want to get back into using pencils and i have so many pencils um to to go through and i just honestly don't know when i want to switch off it's just you know well i could be using a pen for this or i used a pen for the first seven paragraphs why would i switch to a pencil now and that kind of thing (laughs) as far as the yeah well this is funny because you mentioned that because i the other day i was kind of thinking the same thing when i was working on something and and i had this realization of wait a second it does not matter one bit <laughs> what you're switching between. I was like giving myself permission because like I, I find myself obsessing over what my writing looks like on the page, you know, like like if it looks uniform or mm-hmm. my handwriting looks right or whatever. And so it helped. Like I just the other day was trying to like really hard to embrace chaos because I was writing with a fountain pen. And I started to have issues and I put it down and picked up a pencil, started to write. And I was like, yeah, it's too soft. Put it down, pick something else up. And I was like, as long as I keep the moving the ball forward and keep writing and I'm not stopping and like Googling 50 things about what to use, then it's a win in my, in my right. book. And as, as long as you can read it at the end, uh, it's, yes. it's a win. I was going to say that that's for me just a win because at some point if I've written too much, my handwriting gets even worse than it already is to the point where it's just illegible. So yeah, for, for, yeah. for me, as long as I can read it, I, I feel like I'm winning. That's, that's it for me. Cool. Tim, do you want to talk about your super cool thing? Yeah, I've just got one fresh point as well. And I talked about it in, well, actually, no, no, everyone, I did not talk about it because you never, you never heard that episode. But uh, the lost episode. I every once in a while I'll get together with Mike Dudek, Dudek Modern Goods, and he's a great guy. We've become good friends over the year, which is amazing because we've never seen each other in person. In fact, we've never been like within six hours of each other. Uh, but uh, but we interact a good bit, like through text message, and and he. Every once in a while, we'll get together and we'll talk about an idea and come up with an idea for one of his amazing walnut pencil stands or pen stands. They're um, so pretty. Yeah. I'm what? They're, so, They're pretty. so pretty. Oh, pretty. I thought you said, I'm so breathy. I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> you suck, dude. Calm down. <laughs> I'm a mouth breather. Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are so pretty. And he does such a good job. They're so uniform and so perfect. And they're just... I just adore these things. And so I got together with him in camp with an idea for a new one. And it was based on something I've talked about on the podcast before, which is the idea of... Which comes from Steinbeck. The You know, he would have 
uh, a cup of pencils that were sharpened and then an empty cup. And as what as he dulled one, he would switch to the other cup and he'd just keep, you know, moving to the other cup until they were all dulled down. And then he would sharpen them all and then start over. And I've kind of adopted that. And my form is that I always have 12. I've been doing this for a year now where I have 12 sharpened pencils ready. And then as one dulls, I put it aside, put it aside, put it aside, then sharpen them all at the same time. And so what we dreamed up, and I've got it in front of me right here. You can hear the uh, Palomino's rattle. Uh, <laughs> got it. And uh, it turned out perfect. And so the way that it works, it's, I'm guessing it's 10 inches long. About 10 inches long. And on the left side, there's a grid of uh, four columns of three. And so there's 12 pencils that'll fit on the left side. And then 12, the, the identical... Th- you know, the same thing on the opposite side. So there's 12 and 12. So as you, you put the sharpened ones on the left side, and then as one dulls, you put it on the other side, and you just keep filling it in as you go. And then one idea that Mike had that he added into the middle was he used one of the little stainless steel dishes that he used for the plants. And the, I don't know if you've seen those stands. He has the yeah. pen stands with a little planter. He put one of those in with you know nothing in it as a shaving repository or place to put shavings and then he made a perfect size circular hole next to it that fits uh, that is the perfect fit for the coom single hole long point sharpener which is my favorite handheld sharpener so it's a thing of beauty and he killed it i mean it is perfect um i sent him an idea and then he's like well i've got an idea this is what we're gonna do i think you're gonna like it and then he just went for it and and he was totally right (laughs) i think i've said this before but uh about things that he's made me, but this is my new favorite stationary item that I own. And, and it's amazing to look at it right now and imagine 30 years from now, 40 years from now, the same thing sitting on my desk. So it's a beautiful piece. I, I, yeah. I'm going to ask him when I have a little money to spend, I'm going to ask him to make me one too. Cause it's, it's gorgeous. It is. Yeah. It, you should totally do it. He's, he he never I've never had anything that wasn't just perfect from him and I'd I'd love to see his process of how he makes this stuff and how he like the stages he goes through because it's very meticulous it's very simple mm-hmm. but also like a lot of things that are super simple and super clean a lot of attention went into making them that clean that doesn't mean that the process was simple it means usually that the process was complicated so hmm. yeah um I love it so thank you Mike <laughs> um well, that's all I've got. So what about you, Johnny? So you guys saw what um, our friend Ina Reiner put on Instagram about those itty bitty little thin pencils from Dixon. Yeah, I, did, I think I saw that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so Dixon <laughs> makes these pencils. They make um, they make a mechanical version and they make a wooden version. And it's called the Reach because it fits through like nail holes in wood. I have absolutely no idea what they would be useful for, but when I saw them, I went out and got some right away. Um, so they're like a bridge pencil, but they're black and they're full length. So they're super awesome, and they write really nicely. They have like a really thick, sort of soft core. They were like two forty nine. So if you find yourself near Lowe's, I think it's the only place I know of to get them in person, at least in Central Maryland. So, yeah. Cool. Also, um, a week and a half ago, I got to go down and write notepads and hang out to, to view um, an MSNBC interview with Chris Roth, 
the proprietor and his dad, which was really, really funny. The way they edited it was pretty hilarious. Um, what what show was that watching? on? I don't even know. I didn't know he was going to okay. put it on. We just kind of watched it. But yeah. um, I showed up with Blackwing Beer, which is local, and Raven Lager, which is local, and I had to point out the connection, which was disappointing, because it was a Friday night, and I guess nobody's brains were working. But, you know, <laughs> Blackwing, Raven, yay. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, are, um, those, are those meaningful in some way? <laughs> Harry! Uh, where where so, am I? What, what show am I on? <laughs> <laughs> Whose line is it? Yeah. But, um... They have a new product that has come out since then called the Paper Journal, which is their glue-bound notebook in an A5 size. And they're super, super, super pretty. Um, they're on their website for purchase. I don't know where you can buy them if you're in Baltimore. Probably Trove. But um, anyway, they are 80, pa- 80 pages. They're sort of like their pocket notebooks, but they're really big and they don't have a margin. So it's like how big are they? Are they lines and are they like five by eight size stuff? Sorry, are they five by eight size? Yeah, ish? yeah. Okay, um, and they're gray, mostly blank, and they come in a two pack. I have no idea how much they cost, but hmm. fifteen ninety nine for a two pack. They're going to have more covers. I have more color covers. Okay, cover colors. Yeah, there you go. And page formats. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a long day. Um. So yeah, those are pretty awesome from our friends at Write Notepads, made in Baltimore. Um, you know, they're, they're really nice looking. They, I guess, they fulfill the same purposes of Baron Fig Vanguard or a Cahier, except that they have no offense, like vastly superior paper to those options. Yeah, and <laughs> not in Pencil Town. Um, I did not have my older two children with me one day last weekend. And I wandered into the stationary aisle at Target, as one does. And um, you guys know the the big four-color pen. There's a green version that has, quote-unquote, fashion colors. Oh, God, yeah, the fashion colors, yep. So there are two (laughs) new versions of that. One is light blue, and one is pink. So I picked them up for my kids and, like, made their day for, like, $2.50. (laughs) So they're pretty awesome. what, What colors do they have? Are they fashion colors as well? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're both fashion colors, sorry. Yeah, okay. it's like baby blue, which is Henry's favorite color, because it's the color of Thomas the Train, and mm. pink. And I got a blue one for myself, because why not? Yeah. Um, and my only last point is, so, Tim and Harry, you have small-ish children, so you don't probably let them play with pencils that have very long points. No, he um, not yet. No, not yet. my my son doesn't play with. Uh, he uses pens and stuff, and he uses markers and crayons and things, and he has used pencils, but nothing like I would never use a. I would never sharpen one with a masterpiece and then hand it to him. That's just begging for an ER visit. Yeah, so I let my daughter <laughs> use the masterpiece <laughs> because we were at a coffee shop and she had a, um, a school project in first grade to do and I was like well you know she wanted to sharpen a pencil and she didn't she got through half a point and did an entire project with a masterpiece and she can use it too which is pretty impressive although she makes a much larger mess all over a coffee shop table than I do (laughs) using it because that thing doesn't make it makes like weird graphite slivers I'm always afraid one's gonna get embedded like under my fingernail or something oh yeah (laughs) yeah it's like graphite (laughs) shrapnel yeah yeah you're afraid you're going to like inhale it and basically die. 
Puncture your ear, yeah. That's how I'm going to die. <laughs> Can heal too much graphite? Yeah, hand me old sharpen like 30 pencils like that and sneeze and I'll breathe it in and that'll be the end of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Oh, one thing I didn't write on here. Um, if you live near a Staples and if you like colored pencils, our friend Les Herger put um, something on her blog and on Instagram about um, some colored pencils by Bic in association with Conte. They're um, black fake wood extruded colored pencils. They're sort mm. of geared toward you know adult coloring, but they're on sale for seven bucks and they come in a tin. And the points are so hard you can write with them, so you can write blue pencil sentences, which has always been a dream of mine. Wait, you so what you're saying is I could buy that and then use the red pencil to mark up my manuscript. Yeah, but that would be way more expensive than just getting some Dixons. Well, yeah, but then I get a whole box of colored pencils out of the deal. Because <laughs> I've actually... Except I've, for one I've, color. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> Daddy, where's red? I, um, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I went to Books a Million a couple of months ago, and I had picked up a cheap... Um, what do you call it? A cheap... Um, box of colored pencils i mean like literally two or three dollars and it was eight colors i think in the box but what i've been doing is in my confidant in my reading journal the first couple of pages i drew shelves and then the spines of the books i'm both reading and want to read and as i finish a book i color in the spine Hmm. so i can i can track my progress of, of my reading throughout the year so i can i can send a picture of what i have so far um, but yeah, that's that's how I've been tracking my reading. So I carry colored pencils with me now, so I can color in my spines. These are apparently unbreakable, so and pretty lightweight. And they're not as cool as those colored Wopexes that you can get out now, but we won't start on Wopex. No, we won't. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. That's all I have. How about you, Andy? All right. Um, a few things to run to actually uh, run through. Uh, first, did anybody see the new Baron Fig Vanguards that came out today? The Infinity. Yeah, I got some. I did. Yeah, those are cool. I um, I ha- actually have a pack um, sitting here in front of me. They're really pretty. Um, the th- the thing that I don't think shines through as well in the photos on their website is that the. Let me grab it here. The um, the spine. Um, you know how it's always like stitched. It is the same color as the um, like the pinkish purple in the shape. So it like just oh, offsets cool. it really well. Just little details looks really good. So am I crazy or is the dot in the dot grid are the dots in the dot grid a lot darker than they usually are? Um, I look really dark. It could just be the lighting I'm in here. Holding it against a confidant that I have, and it looks it doesn't look darker, but it looks thicker. Like the dots are thicker. Interesting. Yeah. And so they they look to be about the same as size ish. Um one thing I can't remember if I meant, I think I mentioned this in our last episode, um, but you know, the, um, the dot grid in the new, uh, into the pines, uh, uh, right. Notepads are a little bit whiter and that makes all the difference for me. Apparently my, my handwriting is just so that like it gets a little cramped when I'm using like a barren fig or a field notes, um, dot grid, but that, that whiter, yeah, right. Notepads is so great. Um, Chris would yeah, be happy so to the hear inf- that he spent. A, I'm sorry, he spent a lot of time picking those dots. Yeah, he really happy about. I it. think he, <laughs> I think he arrived at the perfect one. Um, so yeah, those are available on their website now. Um, pretty great. They're really slick looking. Yeah. Um, well, the, the triangle one does look like a Verge logo, and that's going to bother me forever. Like, oh God, you're <laughs> right. It does look like the Verge logo. 
<laughs> I didn't think about that. It's the middle one makes me want a donut really bad. <laughs> like right now, I'm, I'm really hungry. <laughs> Mobius donut. Never ending donut. <laughs> so, it should, it should be the, like, the subtitle Homer's Dream. <laughs> so the um, speaking of Aaron Fig, um, there is a group, I think, since we last recorded and published that um, John Coakley Jr., who's a pretty active member of our group, he started called Baron Fig Fanatics. Um, it's a fan group Ooh. just for Baron Fig. It's pretty great. Um, you're definitely I'm in like 80 stationary Facebook groups right now. I know. I know. <laughs> you're absolutely welcome in our group to talk about Baron Fig. And I'm sure you're welcome in the Field Nuts group. But if you just want to like fan boy girl other out on uh baron fig then i'm on my way <laughs> you you have that group there i'll have a link in show notes <laughs> i actually i i left the field nuts group because those it, people scare me it gets it gets so intense uh. oh hey look tim Wassum asked to join the baron fig fanatics <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. i don't even know why I'm, i can approve members but apparently i can <laughs> approve okay. oh. <laughs> feel free to just add me to that group i'll just that. do that um <laughs> Speaking of notebooks, uh, Gary Varner brought to my attention by reviewing this on his blog, um, these notebooks made by Waverly, which is a Scottish company. Um, they usually, um, I think they're like a book publisher. Um, they make various like bound things and they have a line of, of tartan notebooks, uh, that are just gorgeous. Like I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to like. I had a time in my life when I would just buy a lot of like plaid stuff. Like I had a plaid black wash <laughs> scarf. I I really like plaid. And I, I, it may be because I went to Catholic school. Uh, just to carry over for that. What are you laughing about? Every Catholic school joke is funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had dreams of being a lumberjack. I am, and I, and I'm okay. You have to grow like a really, really night and I work all day. Get a girl big beard. Get a pipe. <laughs> That's yeah, can't do that. So, so these notebooks are really beautiful. You know how I love cloth-bound notebooks. Um, that's one reason I really love the confidants. Oh, this one co- is like those colored edges. Bound. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's uh, it's fabric bound uh, in lots of different plaids. Um, the edges of the notebooks are um, are they're edge painted to be the accent color of the notebook. So, for example, in uh, in a black watch, there's just a little bit of like orange that runs through um, part of that, and they. Oh no, the, the orange doesn't run through the black watch. The, the the orange just is like a good, like contrasting color, and the uh, elastic band that goes around it is also in that color. So the edge of the sheets and the elastic band are like in an accent color. It comes in like twelve different colors. I had never heard of this until. Uh, Gary posted this, and I, I guess he heard about it from. Um, oh no, never mind. John Campione of the Erasable Group um, made a pun. I'm just looking at Gary's post right now. Uh, Waverly, Scotland. I'll have a link in show notes. I got a hold of. I have one on the way that's a large format uh, black watch plaid, but there's so many beautiful plaids in here. If you like plaid at all, or if you have Scottish heritage, or whatever, what? check these plus, out. Plus, they have tiny ones that have little pins. Yeah, they have little ones. They That's have like a little pocket note, like a three and a half by five and a half. Um, but I'm more of a five by eight fan, so I ordered um, like a, a bigger A5 size. Um, yeah, so that's really fantastic. Plus, they call um, it the I'd, commonplace book. Sorry. Yeah, I noticed that. I it's um, is that. Do you suppose that's more common in Europe to call it that, or 
Oh, man, are they just like no clue paying tribute to like an older idea i'm gonna choose to believe the latter okay let's go with that <laughs> <laughs> do we talk about that article there was something about a book of commonplace prayer no was, was that what it's called or just a book a book a commonplace book just, that people would have back in prayer I think Patrick Roan wrote something about yeah. it because he, he keeps a commonplace book and it's like quotes and, and things he comes across during his travels. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's what I'm thinking of. I think I read something he wrote and then whatever he was linking to and the mm-hmm. cramped about that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Harry, I'm going to Minneapolis in June. So I'm going to hang out with Patrick again. Oh, Be nice. Jealous. <laughs> you should come too. I, uh, yeah, I can't. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, I also today published a review of some of the Viarco Vintage Collection pencils. Um, I am a big fan ever since, I think it was Caitlin who, in an episode before Christmas, told us about it. Um, And I ordered some, and I've kind of neglected it for a while, and I've rediscovered the joy. Um, They are great. They are beautiful looking, and they're like decent but not outstanding performers. They're like a little bit scratchy, not as scratchy as the Baron Fig Archer. Um... But just a little bit. They're they're just a really nice pencil, and they just look great. So um, I invite you to go over to Woodclinch to read my review of that. Um, have you have any of you used these pencils? Uh, I have tried one. I have not. They're so pretty. Yeah, I got the um, the three thousand, which are round, and then in these kind of like metallic pastel colors, and each one has a bright yellow end cap, which is really great. Um, and then the 1951s is the other one that I picked up. And those are multicolored as well, but they're hex. And um, the end cap is kind of the same color as the barrel. And there's white stripes on it. They're really, really pretty. And I this is just worth noting, I think. I don't know if it's if they're actually handmade or not, like hand-painted. But they look hand-painted. Um, like the the paint on the end cap is just like a little uneven, but not such that it looks sloppy it just looks like maybe it was hand dipped um and then the stamp like the foil stamp on the round one is um not quite complete like on the edge on the very edge of it it is a little bit more lightly stamped than in the middle kind of like somebody might be hand stamping this thing um i think it really adds to the look and it makes it look extra authentically vintage to me no idea if that's actually how they did it um, somebody in the group today was asking about um, if this is uh, available outside of America. Somebody who lives in Portugal says he can't find this, the vintage collection, which is a shame because it's a Portuguese company. Um, so if you are from outside of the United States and you can find that these are like easily available, please please comment in. Cool. Um, last thing I'm, I'm going to talk about before we get into the main topic Um I think I'm going to open submissions for a volume two of Plumbago magazine, awesome. which is fun. Yay. Um, I don't know uh, much about it yet. I just started thinking about it. So um, on the erasable um, website, erasable.us slash Plumbago, um, I'll have more information there very soon. So go check that out. I need to figure out when to end submission so I can start like actually printing it. Um, I'm going to try to make more copies this time. So yeah, if anybody has any ideas, please submit them my way. And I'm happy to help anybody try to like think out a half-baked idea. 
Okay, well, let's move on to our main topic, um, or as we'd like to call it, why Harry thinks notebook companies should stop selling cool notebooks and only make boring brown ones. Bargle that's fargle. right. <laughs> Flargle bargle. Yeah, that's, that's so, pretty much it. Harry, how, do, how should we introduce this? Do you do you want to read your post, or do you want to just sort of like reframe your post? Or <clears throat> oh, I'll reframe. It's a, it's kind of a long post, and I don't want to get into uh, you know into the whole setup or every and everything. Yeah. I mean, the, the the main crux of the argument is in like the last three ish paragraphs, and so the the setup was um, in. My initial question was, do you think there's too much emphasis placed on differentiation or gimmickry in modern stationary products, specifically with regard to the subscriptions? So I gave some examples like, you know, Field Notes has every quarterly release of some new thing, like maybe it's a wooden cover or they're giving you a seed packet or, you know, it's the byline and it's a whole new format. Um for them, not a whole new format in general. Um, mm-hmm. And then on the pencil side, you've got the Black Wings, which, you know, they cycle through the same four cores, but their whole thing is, is what is it wrapped in? What are the colors they're using? Is there, uh, you know, are they using a different wood or an eraser color? That, you know, different ferrule. Um, and then, the, you know, you've got Baron Fig, who they have their new Squire alphabet pen, which was, in the, in our group, met with a resounding meh. Um, but... You know, you look at the other side of it with the askew notebook, which is like way off the rails for yeah. a line notebook, and that was like, well, this is this is too much, and and you know, I can never use anything like this, and so it's it gets frustrating in that regard because to me, you you can't have it both ways. Either you want the same thing every time, or you let a company experiment. Maybe it's not for you, but you know, so many people looked at the askew and were like, this is useless. I can't use the, you know, like, this is a pointless notebook. I can never use this until yeah. someone actually used it. And it was like, Oh, I, like, I can oh. see. Yeah, exactly. Like, Oh, this is fun. And I can find a use for this. And it's not as crazy as, as I thought it was, because if you look through the notebook, very few of the pages are actually as, as nutty as the nuttiest pages. It's like 15 or 20 pages yeah. in the whole notebook. But so my I, I, I wrapped it up with the actually I, I sort of summed it up better later on when I because uh, it the post the the discussion was getting a little off the rails and people were saying well if you don't like it then don't buy it and it's that's not the question I was asking it, it wasn't should they make this um, what I was really asking was um, are our expectations of new of the new shiny affecting what comes to market. Um, and the quality of that product and our judgment of products that don't fit the new shiny bucket. So are we expecting something revolutionary every time? And if so, is that affecting the the quality of the notebooks that come out? Like, are we going yeah. to, to get to a point where the quality of field notes suffer because they need to find a way to reinvent the wheel every time? I, yeah, that's interesting. Not to mention that the price would keep rising. Right, right, yeah, and I think they, like, they started increasing their prices. Yeah, that's a issue. big yeah. jump, ten bucks yeah. to thirteen bucks. It's a, uh, it's interesting you brought the askew because this is something we discussed in our in our last our last episode, which, <laughs> which did not get published. Yeah, um, Michael Hagen from um, does he go by Mike or Michael? I think he goes by Mike. Um, Mike Hagen from Leadfast dot org um, was probably one of the most kind of like vocal anti-askew people um that i saw just review it talk about it he he thought they like specifically um 
Oh, I'm going to say betrayed their subscribers. Uh, Baron Fig betrayed their subscribers, even though that's probably a stronger that's word. That's a than, harsh word. Yeah, I, it, I don't think that's what he would. I don't think he would stand behind that. But he he definitely thinks that this is this is something that was not um, useful and sort of like stepping outside the bounds of subscribers. Like they're they're like releasing this crazy wacky thing and this this is not part of like what they signed up for <laughs> which so, i would argue the exact opposite yeah it's like and subscription or that being a subscriber means the complete opposite whatever they're going to give you you're going to like give it a shot right because people people got upset when they re-released the work play as a new notebook yeah and they said it wasn't enough of a differentiation so so what do you want from them yeah. do you want and, the new confidant or do you want something completely and, yeah, wacky. And I don't want to like pick on on Mike because specifically because he's not here to defend himself. But um, but also a little bit. I I really see these subscriptions more like um, more like you know when you like are really into a winery, you you can buy wine futures. You basically say, hey, this vin- upcoming vintage, I'm going to sort of like pre buy X number of bottles. I don't do this. I don't drink that much wine, and also I'm not fancy. Uh, <laughs> I think this vintage is going to be really awesome so i'm going to buy like pre-buy this number of bottles to be released like throughout the year i've never bought more than one bottle of wine i know (laughs) i'm this is this is on my mind because i just went to wine country with uh my wife's sister and and her boyfriend and and katie um and so like they they were talking about this so you're sort of you're not really like buying notebooks notebooks so much as you are sort of like investing in in the company, like behind the notebook, mm-hmm. it's and like a Kickstarter, yeah, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like a Kickstarter. I mean, if you're if you're getting a subscription where you're just getting like a refill service, like I used up this notebook, I need a new one. I think I'll need four a year. I'm going to mm-hmm. do this. I think that that's a different thing than somebody who would order like the color subscription or Baron Fig subscription. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, you can just set up a like a refill service through Baron Fig, right? Do I don't know. Do you guys know? Sadie? No clue. That'd be a I, good idea. I thought I thought that I read... I need to look into this. I haven't actually done it. Um, I thought I read that you can just set up a recurring like subscription to just the plain old confidant. Um, That's a good idea. Don't take what I oh, said yeah. literally. Yeah, but, well, they, they yeah. have a thing where you get like a slight discount if you set up to get it like every yeah. three months or... I think you can set the time like where you say, like, yeah. oh, I, I want to get... A two pack every three months, or I want to get one every two months, or whatever, and then yeah. you get a, a slight discount if you if you commit to that. Cool. Okay, that makes sense. So, I mean, that's one thing, but I think what this is, and and what I'm paying for, is really just this company to like try new things, and mm-hmm. um, I definitely like. I really like this argument because I think it really like forces the question uh, that that you have, um, Harry forces the question like what is gimmickry and what is innovation and i know that's not exactly right. what you're asking but i think that and, and gimmickry might have been the wrong word I, someone yeah. had mentioned novelty which i think was a little better but yeah. so let's let's take let's take the two companies that immediately come to mind we'll do baron fig and field notes and yeah. i'll start with baron fig so let's take the squire pen so the squire pen when it first came out was it it uses the the retro 51 refill i don't remember what the number is but it's um you know, it uses the standard refill. It's a great refill. And the pen is this really sleek, elegant, well-balanced, um, on the smaller side, pen. Um, and it's 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 pricey for a pen, you know, and it's 
uh, of its quality. It's $55, $60. So they release this pen, then they come out with a charcoal version, and now they have this alphabet one. And all it is, it, it has the alphabet in white along yeah. the side. So for a lot of people who already have a Squire pen like me, you know, I don't need to buy it, and I can understand why you might not be wowed by it, but think about the people who collect Retro 51s. You know, not or... every... Des- Lobby safaris and AL stars. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like the the new Pacific Blue. Like I want a Pacific Blue AL star. I have no need for it. I have an orange one. But like, I, you know, people collect these things. So, mm-hmm. you know, is it is it going to wow you? Is it like the 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 most beautiful thing you, you've ever seen? Probably not. But you know, it exists for a reason. And maybe if you've never had a a Squire before, you might want it. So, you know, who who are they making it for? Are they making it for the people who collect? Are they making it for new customers? Are they just making it because they wanted to do something kind of neat with the alphabet? You know, I, I'm not entirely sure. On the other side, you've got Field Notes, and the two editions, two, we'll say three, but the, the two main editions that come to mind are the Sweet Tooth and the... Um, I never remember the exact name. It was like overexposed or underexposed. The, the one that was really ugly. Oh, unexposed. Oh, uh, Un- unexposed. yeah, unexposed unexposed so those two come to mind as like two really stark and in in the case of the unexposed harsh notebooks um you know Mm. i the colors didn't appeal to me in any way i'm not a subscriber i buy them as i want them yeah um the colors didn't appeal to me the 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 novelty or the gimmick of it you know you never unless you open the pack you didn't know which ones you had and so they were sort of like digging at the collectors a little bit um and then on the sweet tooth like that, I would never use that paper or that tearaway idea. Um, you know, it, it was the paper was really thick in different colors, and and it had the the perforations in it, so you could sort of hand it off and give away pages. Mm-hmm. That didn't really appeal to me. So, you know, who are they making that for? Are they making that to be used, or are they making that for the collectors who are looking for something new and shiny? Well, it's interesting though, because like, um, we, and I think we did talk about this in the last episode. So Tina Comia, uh, Kamaya. Yeah, Tina uh, from the Field Nuts group, and I think she's in the pencil group now too. She loves that um, sweet tooth. She's an artist. She d- takes these really great sketches with a black pen and a white pen, and she like does little like just landscape sketches in in her field t- or her, her sweet tooth, and they look amazing. And she loves them. So she was more than happy to just trade a lot of people when they just got their sweet tooth and they hated it. So mm-hmm. um, I, mean, I, I feel like yeah, there's there's going to be some amount of like some number of people who it really fits like their use case or else it really like fits some interest of theirs. Um, and there's a lot of people for whom it will not. Um, right. And, yeah. and, and the, the third, the third model or the third, um, format that, um, yeah, comes to mind that was really, that really jarred people was the byline because yeah. people weren't expecting a reporter's notebook. And that's actually my favorite field notes they've ever come out with. Um, I wish I had bought, a dozen of them because I like the colors better than the the one that they turned into a stock version of the it. front page. Yeah, the front page. Yeah, I actually like I like the dark gray a lot better, but that's beside the point. But um, you know, I don't don't think for a second. I don't think that Field Notes doesn't put their all into every notebook they put out. I don't think they're they're doing this just for collectors or they're doing it just to just to reinvent the wheel every time. I I, I really do believe they stand by everything they do and and create. Um, and they, they, there is an authenticity in that product. And the same thing with Baron Fig. I think they authentically want to try new cool things, and they they want to sort of stand apart from everyone else. They you know, I don't know any other. I don't see Field Notes ever doing something like the Askew. Uh, you know, just 
do, working with a graphic designer to like do crazy lines on a ruled notebook. Um, but I do worry about a point where if they don't put out a, a, a really unique insane notebook that they're going to incur the wrath of the, the, the nuts, the, the hardcore collectors. Yeah. And, and I guess where I see, like, I like, I tend to like the concepts where, you know, they have kind of this broad theme, like, like the Shenandoah theme, you know, it's kind of themed after like the Shenandoah Valley woods colors, like in the fall. And Mm -hmm. they're, like covers reflect this, the insides reflect this, their belly band reflects this. Um, just like they really take it to like this very like broad thematic feel. Whereas uh, something that's more novelty is like, um, I'm trying to think of an example of something that I just thought was just kind of like gimmicky and I wasn't super into. Um, I guess, well, I guess like, what's it called? crap unexposed <laughs> is is kind of gimmicky to me um and and that's part of it i guess you know they it, it's that was more about i guess i don't know where the line is um i th- i guess i i would automatically go toward the things that i like are this really great sort of like execution of a theme and the things that i don't like are something that's more gimmicky or novelty um it's really hard to like put this to a benchmark so we can all sort of talk the same language and not get opinion in there. Yeah. 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 Um, um, that was right after like baseball traveling salesman expedition. Yeah. Okay. But and, the, um, so, America so those editions were those the ones that came before. So those editions weren't anything wild. They were, you know, they were different covers and maybe different paper styles. But well, there, there a lot of people like, thought that America the Beautiful was pretty wild. That was the one right before that, because mm. it was the first time they put graphics on the cover, and the yeah. first time that they used oh. um, the thicker off-white paper. Yeah. But but, now but, everybody's all like, "Oh, I love America the Beautiful," but when it came out, everybody hated that one. Hmm. That's interesting. N- and Night Sky was a little bit innovative in that it like it had that reticle graph so i guess right i guess not, not innovative necessarily but i don't think a lot of other notebooks available anywhere had something like that and it actually right, but when, yeah when you compare it with like a, a like an arts and sciences with the different size and the gilded edges yeah. and all the you know that kind of thing or with the byline and the completely different format and the pocket in the back and and um you know sweet tooth and unexposed so you know comparatively those earlier editions were a lot tamer than the mm-hmm. ones we have now so you know at what point what's what's next you've got like snowblind with the color changing covers yeah. and the the black ice with the the chrome colored covers and the the perfect binding and all that how, how long until they send you a deconstructed notebook and like here this is our new right here's a bunch of loose <laughs> sheets of paper that aaron scribbled some stuff on like <laughs> alan key yeah, a really weird it's... set of directions with no gender on the person. Yeah, the IKEA edition, the Newt book. <laughs> <laughs> the oh book. my god! Um, yeah, that's, that's a good that's... idea, actually. <laughs> so part of it's it is flat, like, is flat packed? Is this model sustainable? Like, is it something they can keep going on at the the rate they are? And if they slow down and kind of get back to their basics and release just a notebook with a solid different color. 
will people right like could they could they release a night sky like i know yeah. the the lunacy edition was actually pretty tame comparatively yeah. it's, a, it's a neat cover and everything but it seemed pretty standard but i mean could they could they release another night sky or even just even something even more plain like let's say they wanted to do their take on I mean, if they did a take on a composition notebook, I think people would lose their. T- but, uh, <laughs> I, but you know, if they, if they just wanted to sort of reinvent the original Field Notes notebook, like let's say they wanted to go back and change that craft brown paper into something else, but make it a standard note, like would people accept that, or would they feel cheated because they they didn't get what they were paying for? <laughs> yeah, I, th- gosh, I think the my answer to that, uh, the question of whether it's sustainable. With all this and like all these decisions that they make with every edition is an absolutely no, in my opinion. I think, I think that this little world, and I mean, well, this is, and someone else brought this up, but this is capitalism, right? It's just people trying to like give you more things to buy, like more stuff right. to throw, throw your money at. And, uh, there's nothing wrong with that on their side. I mean, that's like what our world revolves around, but. <clears throat> at the same time, this stationary world seems pretty small, you know? I mean, it's, I think it's smaller than people think it is. And especially the people who are subscribing to these sorts of things. Um, I would love, I would love to see some statistics of how much overlap there is between different subscriptions, which I mean, will never happen, but like, let's <laughs> get is. everybody to talk to each other and cooperate. And, yeah. And but you've, you've- You've got you've got two groups of people. Well, I'll I'll say three groups of people. You've got your your collectors, your hardcore people who will get every edition no matter what. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, they will always get you know two or three packs, one to open and one to keep in the plastic. You've got the the triers, the people who will try anything. Maybe they're like you and they run a blog and they review all the stuff. Or like Brad Dowdy, they you know they they have to try every little thing. And then you've got people like me who. They find something they like, and I, I used to be a trier. I used to be, you know, oh, the, the new Confidant is out or the new Field Notes is out, and I'll still pick up the occasional here and there. Like, I, I went, the only two Field Notes, um, the three Field Notes models I got were the uh, the Ales, the, what is it, the, the Drink Local Edition, the, um, the Workshop Edition in the box set, and the Bylines, and those were the three, because they just, to me, stood out, but nothing in between. Um, and that was just an aesthetic thing for me. Like I wasn't looking to really try them. I just really wanted them. But now I'm at a point where I've got all this stuff and I just need to get through it. And I have no interest in purchasing anything else until I start working through a lot of the stuff. And the same thing with the pens and the pencils, like my 24s, um, my Blackwing 24s, when those run out, whatever the next iteration of the 24 is, if whatever the next, um, you know, if they put that core into production, I'll get whatever that is. I don't need to try the next, you know, subscription or whatever it is. Um, so I, I've reached a point where I just I don't need all this, and I, I don't need to try every new thing that comes out. I'm I'm content. I'm in the exact same boat as you. I followed the same progression. Went from the uh, the trier because I mean I was a yeah you know, I did the blogging thing for a while, but I was mm-hmm. terrible at it. From here, <laughs> I just I didn't do it often enough that I wasn't like tr- literally trying everything. I was blogging as a trier where it's just like that looks interesting i want to try that it wasn't like i feel like i need to try everything and then now i've gotten to the point where like i've found the handful of things that work for me and the only times that i'm going to go out and buy something is if it really appeals to me and i i commented on your post and just like made my 
comment about the whole idea of subscription that some people just need to know that you have permission not to subscribe to everything and like you don't have to buy every single thing uh, right. which some people are collectors and that's totally cool. You do your thing. Um, yeah. But it's some people, it's, it's almost like they feel pressured. Like they won't be cool or something if they don't do yeah. like, you're not I, cool I can until say, you subscribe to everything. Yeah. Unless you've written in your sweet tooth and um, <laughs> like, it's like, unless you've tried <laughs> everything. Your and you're cool. <laughs> consider <laughs> me Miles Davis. Davis. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Episode over. That's all. I'm happy with that. That's uh, what I was going for. I'm glad you. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm I was going for. I'm glad there's a, f- with that. a fellow fifth grader here in the room. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but just that's. I mean, I I don't subscribe to anything. Yeah. Nothing. Like, <laughs> yeah, I. And, I, and <laughs> you're a nihilist. Yeah. <laughs> you're We're all going to die. Eat Arby's. <laughs> Must be exhausting. Yeah. We're. Uh, it, it, and and I'm in the same boat. Like I I wanted to subscribe to the Blackwings, but I also knew that I would never work through a dozen pencils in a quarter. Like I I still have I think eleven of the twelve twenty fours I was using because I just I I I don't work that way, and I could never su- subscribe to a Field Notes or a Baron Fig because for the same reason I I don't go through a notebook in three months. I don't go through anything in three months. I you know it takes me six months to go through a. a case of tide so i'm certainly not going to go through a, a notebook in that long <laughs> yeah so so it, it, for, for me i'm not a collector and i'm not a trier so for me a subscription doesn't really make any sense but you know it like you said it's capitalism yeah. you know if you want to collect the stuff if you want to buy the stuff no it's stopping you i'm not saying it's wrong to to buy it what i'm my and i think people in the the group took it as you know this is dumb and and they shouldn't make these notebooks anymore and that's not what i was saying at all yeah my my question was do you think that Basically, do you think the company's taken into consideration what our expectations might be, and are our expectations affecting what they put out? And and on the other side of that, are what they're putting out affecting our expectations? Um, you know, if it's not good enough, if it's not wow enough, are we jaded in our expectation of you know what's going on in the stationary world? And let me just tell you how crazy it is that people are jaded in the stationary world. <laughs> I definitely think that yeah it it's it's something that like progresses and escalates like if I don't know I, I was every time Baron Fig would come out with a limited edition confidant like it's like the three-legged juggler is exactly the same as a gray confidant except that it has some colors to it right and I love that thing that's my very favorite Baron Fig product ever is the three-legged juggler notebook. And that was pretty early on in their, in their releases. Um, if the mm-hmm. second confidant they ever put out was an askew, I'd have been like, what the hell is going on? Like, this is insane. Right. It's like um, being in a relationship. You don't <laughs> right. crazy out all at once. You, you do it in piecemeal. <laughs> right. so they're, they're, they've established themselves. Now that the crazy can come out. Yeah. Don't, don't normalize this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, that I definitely feel that. Um, it's interesting to note, I guess we talked about it in our Lost episode, but uh, CW Pencils now has a um, quarterly subscription service. However, they have sort of like bypassed this problem by um, just curating other brands and curating other stuff into their pack, which makes a lot of sense for them. They're a shop, yeah. not a producer. And I, totally I really appreciate something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I really appreciate something like that. Like if it was – is it one pencil a month or is it, is um, it a, a – a little bundle of pencils. I think, you. I think it's a little bundle. It's each, um, each 
quarter is going to be about thirty dollars worth of stuff, and so okay. I think that we should what? roughly really? expect. Yeah, I think so. Right? It's, I know it's that big. It costs thirty dollars. Awesome. Yeah. Sweet. Um, that's that's not bad at all, and I, I I like that a lot because that gives me the opportunity. Like I'm not a trier, but maybe there's something out there that I've been looking for I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. And so it's. If they're sending me brands of something I can go out and buy more of, and it's not some limited edition I'm never going to see again, yeah. then that it, to me is a lot more useful. It's more like uh, more like Art Snacks, I think. Except except apparently Art Snacks is now making its own stuff. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I, I I think I think the quarterly subscriptions that everybody's sort of mo- like this quarterly subscription model is really interesting in that like it's it's every what four months. Three months? I don't know how to do math. Three, Three months, months. Um, <laughs> which seems like plenty of time. But then, if you think about how Field Notes is sort of like essentially reinventing the pocket notebook every three months or trying to, uh, it it does seem just like super crazy. Like I how think many it f- totally. Oh, go ahead. Go, please do. Going back to what uh, I think it was what Harry said, and kind of bounce off what you just said, Andy. The I think it totally is a lot of pressure for them. I yeah. think it's oh, totally. I think yeah. they I think they have to put pressure on themselves because of the expectations for something totally new. That like I bet all of these companies, I, and I'm totally speaking on. I'm just imagining that 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 field notes and write notepads and all these. They may have fun making these things, but I bet deep down they're like, well. We worked really hard to come up with that first one, <laughs> and we perfected yeah. that thing. So, what's wrong with having a craft brown notebook? Like, I, I still like using those craft brown notebooks. Like that, that's there's nothing wrong with them. Or like, and when the right notepads when those first ones came out, it was like this whole new thing that he had worked really hard on. Chris came up with a new idea for the pocket notebook that was done differently than the other ones we had seen, and I'm sure he felt the pressure to like totally, you know, start over and make something new and do that for the foreseeable future that's a lot of pressure to put on yeah and and they don't have the luxury of a moleskine where they have you know a bajillion licensing deals and can do a simpsons notebook and a doctor who notebook and god knows what else Uh like they actually have to put a lot of thought into what comes out next yeah let's let's talk about let's talk about field sorry go on johnny uh, i was gonna say how do we look at the gimmickry of the or rephrase this like a conceptual gimmickry it's like right notepads is almost a year into theirs and like they're all the same notebook they're just right notepads notebooks with a different cover mm-hmm. but they're not just doing a different color it's like a whole story and i mean i don't want to say theme but you know there's a theme there's a pencil that goes with it yeah like but they have all like, rulings inside it's just, yeah it's the same paper and the same size so you know as long as you don't hate dot grid you just roll through and use all the notebooks unlike the latest stuff from field notes which is kind of out there like <clears throat> i think in the last year i don't think they've used the same paper stock twice yeah have they am i gonna I... egg on face but so <laughs> is that sort of like it's not just a different color like field notes started with different colors and then they started getting kind of wacky and then they started doing sort of a conceptual thing like they'd keep the same paper inside and just change the colors around like American tradesmen and sort of that era. So right. Notepads just does a different idea, but is is that gimmicky? It's sort of like the um, Blackwing thing too. 
But but right notepads also does there's like there's a pencil involved then there's what was the um there's a charcoal. local element too. Yeah, there well there's a local element and there, there wasn't there extra stuff in like the charcoal one. Yeah, you got a um like a trade coin which Chris had to explain to me cuz I have no idea what the hell they are. Yeah. But then they also did so, a different a whole different package for subscribers that time. And I remember Lenore was was gorgeous and had you know the special black pencils and and the special packaging and everything and I, I think I think Chris I mean if he runs out of themes which he seems like an extremely creative person who probably has a long way to go before that happens um, I feel like I don't know he 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 seems to be more of like build on a theme so he has like a design around that and a color um, and so if he starts like repeating paper stock. I don't think it would be that big of a deal in his case, right? Well, so, so far they've all been exactly the same paper stock, just with different. Oh, oh, print oh, have they? Okay, cool. So, like, yeah. there's different ruling. Um, so, if he like started repeating rulings, I don't think that's a huge deal. Yeah, uh, they've already repeated one twice. The, and uh, and like you said, there's there's definitely a local element. Like that's that's a Baltimore company, and that's th- those are Baltimore heavy notebooks like it you know it, it's like if there was a new jersey notebook company that did you know a rutgers red and a scratch and sniff smells of the meadowlands you know it smells that, like pizza sm- yeah or <laughs> the one true like, pizza smells like jimmy hoffa's remains you know th- that 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 would give you at least a differentiation compared to the rest of the stuff out there yeah um i'd be interested to know what you guys think sort of applying this model to um to Blackwing, like they, you know, they they have four cores that they've been cycling through. I feel like there was kind of a true innovation on their part when they came out with the twenty four core. It was completely mm-hmm. different core. Nobody expected it. Everybody figured they would just use the, keep on using the same three cores. Um, so obviously they can't do that every time. Like, yeah, the amount of pencils they have to order to do to do that is, I'm sure, just crazy. But they, I mean, besides besides cycling through some of the cores, it's mostly just. Um, just aesthetic differences and well black blackwing has it in their favor that there are no other pencil companies doing this right so yeah like they don't have to compete against anyone so i think after a few years it'll maybe get stale and i I imagine that for people who aren't collecting that the subscription element will sort of dial down a little bit do you think blackwing would go for something like making their own like red blue copy pencil or making something that's a stenographer or a bridge pencil like do you think I they would do that i i think, oh my God, I think I black wings so. i think black wings uh um what do you call it their their i won't say their philosophy but their yeah. focus has leaned more toward the collector than the yeah. utility oh totally um and and the subscription is a perfect example of that they went in right off the bat saying we're going to give you a packaged single pencil in a cylinder for you to preserve <laughs> so you as may part never open collection. it yeah. exactly so like we oh, know see, this I took is that the opposite way I, well, well, I took it well, as well, like, hold on hold on all these damn pencils. sorry Sorry. Well, yeah, but but they they've only got four cores, and how much how much can you do with four cores? It's not like they're coming out with a brand new core every time, or um, you know, it, they're changing the colors and they're changing the finish. But what is what is going on otherwise? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's really just about collecting. You know, it's like got to catch them all. You just got to get every color that comes out. And and on a separate note, I'm sorry. Uh, I just I did not understand all the hate that the um, volumes edition got uh, for the, uh, the volumes edition the the twenty four edition 
Um, because I, there were people in our group who were like, this is ugly and eh, I don't want a black pencil. Like, it's a black pencil. What do you, <laughs> What is wrong with it? It's a black pencil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can understand the hate for the 56 because that thing is ugly. <laughs> is that the pinstripe? You're waiting. You're trying to find a way yeah. to get it in there. <laughs> God, I hate that pencil. But... I, I I took it the opposite way. Like when they when they came out, I'm like, well, I don't have to buy black wings anymore because they'll just send them every three months. I don't use them that quickly, and the um, the one of the tube I just took is you know, oh cool, I can just save one. I just like give away and use all the other ones. My kids steal them, but I've got one for posterity in case for some reason I need one for posterity to prove that it exists. You know, they'll call me up. We lost all the fifty sixes in the world. You got that tube? Like, got it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, Mr. President. I have a <laughs> We have a 211 still. Oh man. Um Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I do feel like Palomino or Blackwing, whoever the volumes has sort of like their their scope of themes more like clearly defined. Like I guess uh, I guess right notepads does too. Like they're really sticking toward like Baltimore stuff, but if, I feel like if um if Chris wanted to veer away from Baltimore stuff, like if he did a California thing or a New York thing, it would be Well, so far of the four, only two have had any Baltimore connection. But he's always sort of like tied it back into Baltimore, even with like kindred spirit. He was like, imagine a bar- Baltimore summer evening on the porch barbecuing with your neighbors or whatever. <laughs> Baltimore's disgusting in the summer. <laughs> the, the last one was pretty just but, but general. Look at, look they just like hit what, it. Yeah. Look at what Palomino and I hate to pick on them because they put out really good products, but I, I just, you know, some of the stuff they've done lately hasn't sat well with me and and I use their their point guard as uh, <laughs> one example. Like uh-huh. you made a $10 pencil point protector that doesn't fit and your answer to that when people complain is you're using it wrong. Like I mean, maybe. Palomino does Blackwing's marketing has never as somebody who who worked in marketing at Blackwing. <laughs> for a little tiny while um yeah they, they're pretty heavy-handed with with their marketing um but they do have a pretty clear like philosophy and definition to like what makes a volumes edition and and the way they say it is kind of like makes my eyes roll a little bit like it's things that define a creative culture mm-hmm. which i mean which basically means it's like people and events and things that like led to some sort of an artistic movement or, or we all know that um but it's i feel like they have kind of license to not be super innovative in the like feature space and more just explore that theme. Does that make sense? They're kind of like, they're kind of like allowing their scope to to focus on that. And I think there's a risk there that I I feel like they, these companies want to be like Moleskine in the success department, but I worry that in, in their, in their reach for that, they're going to turn into Moleskine in the quality department, and I don't want that to happen because I I don't want Palomino to become a commodity like that, where they're you know you can buy them in any airport gift store and any Barnes and Noble, and you know it's going to be the same quality no matter what you buy, but it's not going to be that good of quality. Um, you know they're 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 quality pencils. They are good. Pe- they're premium pencils. Um, the Blackwing specifically, and. Uh, you know, I want them to stay that way. I, I, I don't think we need, you know, if I wanted to buy a commodity pencil, I'd go to Staples and I'd buy a, a pack of Dixons or whatever. Like, I, that's not why I go to Blackwing. Yeah, I think we can all kind of agree on, on that. Like, all of these brands are small enough in that we don't want them to just, like, 
succumb to pressure to like keep on doing something and like start getting crappy. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, probably and I, all like, of them would disagree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all yeah. of them want to be. I mean, they. I I don't know. Yeah, I, I I agree with what you're saying, but at the same time, I would love to be able to like drive over to Office Depot and pick up some black wings when I run out. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be okay. incredible. You know what we but, need? Um, Amazon needs to create a dash button for black wings, and, so you push it <laughs> yes. and they just ship you new black wings. Dash button for black wings. Um, Boom. No, I, I mean I could see the companies wanting to kind of glo- go global like that, but I think that like their subscriptions or services can't like they can't scale something like that yeah that's not yeah. aimed at the global that's yeah. that's that's for the yeah the niche hardcore yeah. supporters kind yeah. of thing so yeah. maybe we should uh we should wrap it up there it's um it's been a, it's this reminds me of like um like pardon the interruption has anybody ever watched that i'm not oh yeah a super big sports fan but like it's i'm just fascinated by the structure of their show just a bunch of wonks just like loudly discussing and arguing about <laughs> things wonks <laughs> this is part of the part of the interruption stationary edition <laughs> pti yeah <laughs> so uh harry thank you so much for coming on and joining us and bringing us this this conversation it's my pleasure really interesting i look, I, I look forward to being yelled at more <laughs> so <laughs> if, if somebody wanted to yell at you on the internet harry how would they go about doing that uh they can't. No, uh, you can find Johnny me. What is, it, what is the internet? Yeah. 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 At, at Erasable huh? Podcast. Yeah. He said as he closed down all of his social media accounts. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at HC Marks, and you can find my podcast at Covered underscore FM. Um, and you can find my show at the website. It's hologramradio.org slash covered. Cool. And what is your next next episode come out? Um, I'm recording it this Sunday and then it should come out the following Friday. So next Friday. Cool. Awesome. So thank you, Harry, for joining us. Um, Johnny, where, thank can, you people for having find, me. where can people find you, Johnny, on the internet? You can find me on the internet at pencilrevolution.com, on Twitter at Pencilution, and on Instagram at my whole name. <laughs> my whole name. <laughs> Tim, I, just went, oh, I just typed that into the, the bar in the search bar and it came up with nothing like my, who's my whole name <laughs> it's like have you ever listened to the how to do everything podcast and they'd always give their uh their coupon code or whatever for the sponsorships and they'd say go to the podcast bar and type in everything and then somebody finally asked him the question like what what if we actually did type in everything how long would that take um <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Tim, how yeah, about you, you can you can find me on Twitter at Tim Wassum, and you can find me on Instagram at Timothy Wassum, and you can find me at Walgreens buying decongestant. <laughs> and laying in a tub of yeah, <laughs> and you can you can find me using a neti pot in my bathroom in mm. about five minutes. Yeah, neti pot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am Andy Wuffley. I am at woodclinch.com. dot com. Uh, and on Twitter at at a Welfley, A W E L F as in Frank L E. And this is the Erasable Podcast. We are on the internet at erasable.us or at any podcast directory near you. Come join our Facebook group. It's almost 1,600 members. It's growing kind of quickly. Uh, it is facebook.com slash group slash erasable. You can have plenty of conversations like this, uh, except it's on the internet so people get more upset. <laughs> you can uh, read it, <laughs> check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Erasable Podcast. We're on Twitter at Erasable Podcast. Instagram is the same. Uh, this episode is episode 69. We are at erasable.us slash 69. And check us out two weeks from now where we will be back with episode 70.
thank you very much and have a nice evening. And keep an eye out for our Amazon Dash button, which will be out <laughs> in a few weeks. Amazon Dash button. <laughs> and my upcoming new book. Just ours, the Erasable Podcast Dash <laughs> button will be out. The intro music for the Erasable Podcast is graciously provided by This Mountain, a collaborative folk rock band from Johnson City, Tennessee. You can check out their music at www.thismountainband.com.